Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. It is that time, my friends, as we enter presidential race season. We're on the back end of 2023. We are soon to be entering 2024, and we're going to see the primaries start to heat up. Political advertising is going to start skyrocketing. This may be one of the most expensive presidential campaigns in history. I dare to think it will be. And the reason is, though we have a sitting Democrat president, it appears there's going to be a primary on the Democrat side. Whereas a time like this would typically just be the opposition party fielding its candidates to figure out who's going to run. You got both. It's funny. Uh, you know, look, Joe Biden is the favorite in the predicted market and in the polls. But RFK's he's pulling at like 20 percent for Democrats. And that says a lot. But my friends, we have this article from Vanity Fair explaining oh too well why uh, you should probably vote for Donald Trump. I love it because they're trying to to frame this as like a reason not to vote for him. But I'm pretty sure every Trump supporter reading this headline is like, oh, yes, that's why I'm voting for Trump. Vanity Fair writes, Trump will use the Justice Department to destroy his enemies in a second term. Former officials warn, "Uh oh, you mean Donald Trump, if he gets elected, he's going to do what y'all are trying to do to him? Yeah, sure. See, here's the thing. These people try to make it seem like Trump is this evil despot who's going to weaponize the DOJ to go after innocent people who are just trying to save this good nation from his fascism. Please. Donald Trump was rather ineffective in a lot of ways, but he certainly was not some psychotic Russian spy who was seeking to destroy the United States and bring about fascism. That's insane. And so the DOJ, Democrat PACs and other lawyers weaponized the legal system against him. And now they're trying to put him in prison. So uh, did Trump do anything to warrant going to prison? In my view, based on everything we've already seen, the answer is actually maybe. Yeah, actually maybe. But uh, let me explain what that actually maybe means. You could argue based on some of these laws that Donald Trump did violate them when it comes to records at the federal level. I don't know about the New York stuff. That seems silly. Uh, Whether or not he has federal records, sure, could fall into the statute if, if proven. 
But the only problem is that we allow presidents to take records. We, they, they have the authority to do so. They have plenary declassification powers. And so if we're going to look at, say, Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden, who did not have the right to take records and uh, declassify them, then no, Donald Trump should not be charged for anything. And that's the point. If they were being consistent and going after everybody, maybe there would be a slap on the wrist case against Donald Trump. He's the president. He can take executive documents. That's his right. But, you know, maybe a slap on the wrist case like, hey, you know, don't do that. You got to turn him back in. And there's a big stink about it. And it ultimately ends there. With Hillary Clinton, you had bleach bit server wiped. You had phones smashed with hammers. Huh. Those are public records. Now, of course, she tried claiming it was just emails about yoga. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what they were. They were public records you destroyed. Any criminal charges there? No. So you know what I would like to see? I would like to see Donald Trump appoint an AG, get the DOJ back on track and go after people who are actually breaking the law. And for this, they say he is going to destroy his enemies. But you know what's funny about this headline? They're not saying he's doing anything wrong. They're just saying he will use it to destroy his enemies. So, okay. And am I supposed to cry about this? Now, here's, here's the inter- interesting point with this headline. Are people who hate Trump supposed to be scared or concerned about this? Why? Your attitude is going to be like, I don't know who his enemies are. Why would I care? For me, someone who pays attention, what I see in this headline is Donald Trump is going to clean up the corruption that we see. This is exactly what I wanted in, in these bureaucratic institutions. Fire these people, criminally charge some of these people as he should. But what does the left see? Who, who are they concerned about protecting the CIA, the FBI? Who? Who in the FBI? Like, the left is just like, oh, Trump is bad. He's going to do bad things. Are these liberals and leftists so ingrained in the cult that they would vaguely defend faceless FBI and CIA figures? See, this is what I don't you have, you have no emotional attachment to these organizations. So why care? And of course, they'll make up some excuse saying something like because of the integrity of this nation, you know, these organizations defend and protect us. Oh, get out of here, dude. No, they don't. You like you're not going to simultaneously argue that cops aren't upholding the law, but that federal intelligence agencies are sorry, not buying it. You want to abolish the police? Let's start at the federal level. You'll get all the libertarians and a handful of conservatives right on board with you. Here's what Vanity Fair writes. Oh, best Levin. Earlier this year, Rolling Stone reported that Donald Trump had taken to asking close advisors for the names of Justice Department staffers and senior FBI agents who have worked on federal probes involving him. Because in the event he wins 2024 election, he wants them quickly and immediately fired. Is that it? Is this it? Come on. I want him criminally charged. Sure. That level of petty retribution is, of course, totally within the character for the ex-president who regularly fired people over Twitter when he was in office and then insulted their intelligence to boot. Uh, That's kind of funny. But apparently it's nothing compared to what former administration officials fear he'll do this uh, due to his perceived enemies, a group that includes Joe Biden in the event he wins a second term. Why would anyone go to bat for Joe Biden? Full stop. Vote for Newsom. Don't care. You want to vote for crackpot, corrupt individuals? Literally take your pick. But why would you defend the name Joe Biden, like that guy? You're better off if Gavin Newsom runs, to be completely honest. So how about this one? Left, liberals, 
You just say, yes, Joe Biden is bad. We don't like him. We are voting for Newsom. Newsom is younger, smarmier, but slicker, you know, more likely to be able to articulate his thoughts and thus win an election. So why defend Joe Biden? It's the weirdest thing. If anything, it just makes it seem like this is going to bolster people like RFK. Well, here's where we're at right now. I love the current uh, trend in news. Trump seeks to delay trial in Mar-a-Lago documents case. Oh, boy. What could this mean? Perhaps it will actually happen. Prosecutors had already asked District Judge Eileen Cannon for a delay until December 11th from an, from an initial date of August 14th so as to give both sides more time to prepare. But in the filing late on Monday, Trump's lawyer said a December trial uh, would, would, uh, would deny them reasonable time to prepare and describe the government's request schedule as unrealistic. The court should therefore withdraw the current order, setting trial and postpone any consideration of a new trial date, the lawyer said. Trump, the frontrunner for the 2024 Republican nomination, pleaded not guilty, etc., etc. You all know, but here's the point. If they delay the case until after the presidential election, which is what is being proposed, essentially, Donald Trump as president will either just commute. Well, I think in this case, it's a pardon outright because commuting is after conviction. Or he may just go to his now underlings and say, dread the charges, no more charges against me. And that's it. He wins. He's president. Even if he ends up getting locked up and he wins, this all goes away. This is the big battle right now. The reason why Donald Trump had to run. And maybe that was the plan. Maybe that was the plan all along. Let us enter the conspiracy realm, my friends. From interactive polls, 2024 National Republican primary. Donald Trump is currently leading nationally by 39 points with DeSantis at 17 percent and Vivek Ramaswamy coming up in a, a close third. Well, I shouldn't say close third because Ramaswamy and Pence are, are rivaling each other. And that's kind of hilarious because Pence is awful and Vivek is is excellent. I would not be surprised if we see Vivek Ramaswamy displace DeSantis. Why? Vivek is a man of character. He is intelligent, quick witted, tactful. The dude knows how there's a video going viral right now where he's giving a speech and a woman starts yelling about Republicans. And he says, no, 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 come back. And, and, and you say what you want to say. Vivek, it, he knows how to handle this stuff. I'm a big fan of the guy. DeSantis, ah, man, he doesn't seem to have it. I'm not trying to drag the guy. I am not trying to insult the guy. I think his, his policies and his, his governorship was excellent in Florida. But man, does he not know how to run a, a presidential campaign. Which brings me to conspiracy realm. Why do they indict Donald Trump to force him to run? That's right. We weren't sure a year or so ago, or maybe a little bit longer, if Trump would actually try, uh, try to run again. And a lot of people felt like he was out of the game. But then he decided to run. And some people suggest it's because he's facing criminal charges. He has no choice. It's either spend the rest of your life in prison or win the presidency and pardon yourself or get these, these charges dropped. Would DeSantis have pardoned Trump? I don't know. Now, it's a long shot. It's very conspiratorial. But the argument is the Democrats fear Ron DeSantis because DeSantis is kind of boring intentionally. And Donald Trump is shocking and annoying to many people. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. There was one poll put out by IA polls showing that at the national level, Ron DeSantis beats Biden by three points. By th- I'm sorry, by th- three more points than Trump does. To be fair, both of them beat, beat Biden anyway. So that's why I'm not convinced it will be Joe Biden. But Donald Trump would lead Joe Biden by 10 points. And Ron DeSantis, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this is wrong. This is in Florida, in Florida specifically. Ron DeSantis leads Biden by 13 points in Florida. Not a national poll, not a national. My point is, though, when it comes to unaffiliated voters and independents, Ron DeSantis seems to get a boost. From what I've seen going out and talking to people, many people are like, I just can't deal with Trump. But Ron DeSantis, I could. Now, we, we those in the know who pay attention, may have very serious criticisms of Ron DeSantis, a lack of charisma, his a terrible press team, and awful, awful fans who are just toxic and sour and salty. But many people, regular people, probably don't know or care about any of that stuff. So when it comes to the middle of the road, maybe it's Ron DeSantis, which makes me wonder about many of these bot accounts that are trying to make everybody despise Ron DeSantis. And I'm, I'm gonna, I, I will say it. I will say it cleanly and I will say it again. You go on Twitter and what do you find? The people who support DeSantis are vicious, toxic, angry, condescending, insulting, no matter what you say, no matter what you say, you say something positive, positive about DeSantis, you will be barrage. You'll see, you'll see a barrage of insults. And it's not just me. I, other people have, uh, have discussed similar things, which makes me wonder. On The View, they discussed how they don't want Ron DeSantis to win. So if these people are really willing to play dirty, what would you do to make sure Trump is the nominee? You would pretend to be a supporter and insult anybody who defends Ron DeSantis acting like you're a supporter. It's very clever, isn't it? Now, a bit circuitous and a little too complicated for me. That's why I call it conspiracy world, because I don't I don't say I'm not saying I believe it's true. I'm just saying it's an argument presented by people online, which uh, probably means it's wrong. The simple solution is Ron DeSantis has really awful fans. They're nasty people. He lacks charisma and he's probably not going to win this one. The conspiracy view is that the media is lining up against Ron DeSantis because they fear he could actually beat whoever the Democrats have to offer. But it's tough. You take a look at Candace Owens' opinion. She says, Ron DeSantis' failure to launch, he's done. Mike Cernovich says same thing, that there's no path to the presidency. And you know what? I mostly agree, mostly agree. We're seeing DeSantis sink in the polls. I mean, look at this, 17% now. Let me make this clear for all of you. RFK Jr., is polling comparably better than Ron DeSantis on the Democrat side. 
Isn't that crazy? RFK Jr. came out of nowhere. And Democrats have every reason to attack him because he goes against the grain of the corporate press. Ron DeSantis is the most popular Republican politician outside of Donald Trump. Governor of Florida, leading a, a million votes more in the gubernatorial election than last time around. And he's polling in the primary worse than RFK against Biden. Now, to be fair, Biden sucks and Trump is popular. But you'd think Ron DeSantis would be doing better. So I'm not convinced. But I'm not going to be so blind as not to bring up important counterpoints. That is, why is CNN insulting Ron DeSantis? Hmm. Makes you wonder. It's because CNN wants Trump. Maybe it's not because they think Trump will lose. Maybe it's because they think Trump will win. CNN knows. Oh, boy. The ratings were just so juicy when you had President Trump. Oh, they can't ignore it. But we have this from The New York Times as well. Opinion. Ron DeSantis doesn't know whether he's coming or going. The corporate press does not like Ron DeSantis. And don't get me wrong. They don't like Donald Trump either. But one thing I find truly fascinating about this presidential election is that if you look a year or two ago, Trump down and out. I appeared on the Daily Wire's uh, uh, live stream with uh, the crew from the Daily Wire. It was awesome. We went down for a week. We had a good, we had a great time with the Daily Wire crew. And uh, I said, I, f- I feel like I'm probably more for Ron DeSantis. And I'm sitting there with, you know, Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and, you know, Michael Knowles. And uh, I, I said, look, I like Trump. Um, for his uh, no ESG stuff, you know, banning wokeness in, in government contracting, foreign wars. But this is this is after 2020. This is the election is over. It's, you know, I think it was 2022. Was it 2022? Man, I can't remember. It might have been. What was it? And I was like, Ron DeSantis, I think. I think it was a year, year and a half ago. I'm like, Ron DeSantis, because he's he's been an effective leader. He's been calm. He's been rational. And in Florida, he's done a fantastic job. He's like Trump, but he's nice. And that's the tact we need. What changed? What changed? A year and a half on, Ron has sank in the polls. Trump has flipped it, taken back over. What has changed? I'll tell you. Ron DeSantis has the worst press team imaginable. He has some of the worst advisors imaginable. And when we hear about the moneyed interests behind him, they say neocons, people like Ken Griffin, etc., then you start to get it. A lot of people were mocking Ron DeSantis, saying that he was basically the Jeb campaign. And I just cringe at that. So stupid. No, come on. Jeb was so awful. Jeb as a person lacked any like, I'm sorry, you can't compare Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis did a great job. He's doing a great job as as, as governor of Florida. Okay, I think he would have been a great VP. I'd advocated for that. But you know, what I think it is Ron looked to these people and said, why don't you give me advice on how to run a presidential campaign? Because I think you guys have the, the resources and the experience, and I'm going to run a presidential campaign. And with your help, I think I'll win. And then what happens? These guys don't know how to run a presidential campaign. They basically kick, you know, they, 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 they put weights around his ankles and pushed him into the ocean. Ron DeSantis was doing so well as governor of Florida. And then all of a sudden he gets these press people who can't see up from down, left from right. And look where he is now. He's sinking in the polls. I tell you. I tell you, man, I know, I know people, people have been on Timcast IRL, any one of them that could have just whispered into the ear for 10 seconds of Ron DeSantis and he would be leading Donald Trump in the polls. But man, talk about the worst advice imaginable. And now we can see over the prediction market, Trump's leading. 
There was a period where I think Ron DeSantis was beating Trump. I could be wrong about it. Actually, let's just do this. Was that ever the case? I think we, we can only go back 90 days, so it's, it's hard to see. But I could have sworn there was a period where DeSantis had flipped on Trump and it seemed like Trump had, w- would be down and out. But look at this crash. DeSantis was coming up, baby. It's only in the past three months. Predicted market showing from 35 down to 21. Man, and Trump is on the rise because Trump is Trump. Trump knows what he's doing. Trump has made that recovery. And Ron DeSantis is tanking. Now it's possible that Ron DeSantis turns things around. But yo, his PR people, the most important team behind him, his advisors telling him what to say, when to say it, the people who made his announcement campaign talk about abysmal. And the funny thing is, and oh, do I revel in saying this. When I come out and say, what happened? They tell me to F myself. And I love it. I have no loyalty to Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump or Republicans. I don't like the Republican Party. For the most part, they're ineffective. Controlled opposition, some say. The Democrats are awful as well. RFK sounds nice, but he's had a bunch of stupid things in the past. Hey, if I was going to go for it, I'd say Dave Smith, Libertarian Party. But what are they announcing? Come on, guys. Give me something to, to root for. I guess Vivek Ramaswamy is pretty awesome. I can root for him. Uh, I want to see Donald Trump win because I want that revenge. And, you know, that's what it's all about. All right. The more likely candidate to just go in and fire people is Donald Trump. I'll take what I can get. His foreign policy was great. I want to see him get rid of the weird wokeness at the federal level. I think there's some opportunities with Donald Trump. But Ron DeSantis also presented some opportunities until he decided to crash and burn. It's really amazing. When they made their presidential announcement video, it was the cringiest, least charismatic thing I'd ever seen. And instead of saying like, yikes, guys, we really dropped the ball on this one. Why are we sinking in the polls? They said, "Uh, it's because people like Tim Pool are mad at you. Let's insult him on the Internet. Okay, dude, insult me. I don't care. I have no loyalty to you. I want to explain something to all you guys. I don't know where you as an individual stand. What I can say is the first time we had Steve Bannon on the show, we got a bunch of messages from people saying I had never listened to Steve Bannon before nor heard from him. And I thought he was crazy. And then they heard, oh, he's just a populist. He's got some left views, some conservative views. He wants to tax the rich. Goes a little further than me in some of those areas. He wants a wealth tax. I think that's crazy. Yeah, Steve Bannon. They call him far right. Marjorie Taylor Greene comes on the show. I get a bunch of people messaging me saying, I thought she was crazy. I'd never heard her speak before. Why? The reason why people like coming on Timcast IRL, yes, we get a large live audience, but it's not staunch conservatives. It's not hardline conservatives. It's we've done polls. It's like moderate, moderate, right, moderate, libertarian, libertarian leaning individuals with some with many moderate, disaffected liberal types. What that means is when we come out and say, yo, DeSantis, we like you. Your policies are good, but you're flailing. You should listen. It's not to listen to me. It's the people who watch this show. Instead, what does DeSantis camp do? They go for the neocons. They go for those who want to make the Republican Party great again in the image of neocon laziness. They want to go back to 20, 15, 20 years ago, the George W. Bush era. That's what they want. And it's boring, ineffective, stodgy and uncool. And they've hit the nail on the head with the hammer. 
But are you going to win in today's day and age if that's the case? You would sacrifice all of the new voters Trump brought to the Republican Party, independents, people who never voted before? Apparently so. If Ron DeSantis went the Trump campaign route without the, let's just say, uh, more volatile behaviors, I believe they would have won. But instead, they went the inverse. Let me tell you, the DeSantis campaign went the vile route without the charisma. And it's leaving me scratching my head. Ron, why didn't you go the charismatic, non-toxic route? Donald Trump's got charisma in spades, but boy, is he aggressive. And he says naughty things that pisses people off. And I'm like, if you can capture that power and charisma and leadership, but knock off a little bit of the more volatile behavior, you're going to win. Instead, the DeSantis campaign goes as volatile as possible with no charisma. And instead of listening to the critiques, what do they do? They double down. So be it, man. I don't care if you win or lose. Have fun in Florida. You're going to be termed out. And then who knows where you're going? You're not going to be president in 2028. Everybody was saying he should wait till 2028, but that was never reasonable because he's going to be out of politics by then. What's he going to do? He can't run for the Senate. Congress? Nah, this was his only opportunity. And instead of getting some strong voices behind him, he went the trash route. And his opening announcement was done in a miserable way. I'm, I'm running to, to bring uh, to lead the great American comeback. That's, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to make America uh, come back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply sad I, I i was like you know when i saw that i said did could ron just maybe like watch captain america there's that scene in captain america where uh the winter soldier one where and, and hey, look, man, love him or hate him. These people, uh, Hollywood, they got writers. Let's talk about Captain America is he's a soldier who loves this country, who lied over and over again, desperate to serve this nation to fight Nazis. That's the story. Now, that's based, not cringe. That's not woke. Conservatives should be praising the story behind Captain America. And so what you get is the perfect story for what's happening right now. In Winter Soldier. You watch it. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Okay. I know it's a superhero movie. Let people roll their eyes, but just watch it. A man dedicated to this nation discovers that a corrupt cabal has taken over the government and is weaponizing it against its own people. Come on. It writes itself. 
And Captain America breaks into the shield building, gets in the microphone and gives this off the cuff speech where he says, I know many of you still believe in what we're doing. And if you if you stand with me, we will save shield and this country, blah, blah, blah. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not really saying what his speech was. And then a bunch of people who are loyal to this nation stand up against those who are not because they believed in the image and the vision of Captain America, a man who would sacrifice everything for this nation. Could Ron DeSantis not just like watch that once? After Steve Rogers, Captain America, gives his speech, then Falcon, his friend, says, did you write that? He's like, no. He's like, wow. (laughs) That was the point. That was the idea of Captain America, played by Chris Evans, who's like kind of woke. And that's what really grinds my gears. Could you not have just watched that to understand how to be a bit more charismatic? I want you to envision this. Ron DeSantis, who launches his campaign and says, in 2016, Donald Trump led the charge against corruption within our government. And for this, they weaponized the machine against him. Well, I still believe in that vision of Donald Trump. I believe it is now my chance to take up that mantle and lead the charge against those who would be corrupt with no disrespect to Donald Trump. I believe I will do a better job. And if you believe in me, a vote for me means we will take back this country, weed out the corruption in a way that unfortunately Trump was not able to do. Stand with me and we will reunite this nation and we will end the terminal corruption that is destroying us from within. Please, dude. He couldn't do it. So instead, what do we have? Donald Trump posting silly, nasty things on truth, which at the very least have more aggression in their voice. And so what is Amanda do for me? If Ron DeSantis comes out and says, I'm going to lead the great American comeback. I'm like, I don't know what that means. And boy, do you sound unsure of yourself. And Donald Trump comes out and goes, these nasty people in government, we're going to arrest them. We're going to lock them up. And I'm just like, sure, I guess I'll take it. And that's what and that's what's what's laid before me. Ron DeSantis, unsure of himself. Donald Trump, very sure. I will I will wind it down by just saying this simply in sales terms. I want you to imagine before you stands a Donald Trump and a Ron DeSantis and they're trying to sell you a new car. And one guy walks up, he's all smarmy and says, you know, look, your car is really good. It's the best car. Trust me, you love it. You got to buy this car because quite honestly, there's no good car other than my car. And uh, you stink if you buy a different car and you're like, (laughs) you're chuckling, you know, it's whatever. The other sales guy walks up and says, you know, it's a good car, I guess. Um, I would, I think you would be good if you drove it. It's fair to say, uh, you know, it's a good car. And then the issue is when it comes to sales, the man who is unsure of himself does not sell the car. The man who is sure does. Why? What am I supposed to do? We are all but humble and reasonable people. And for this, sometimes we get taken advantage of. But this is the reality. If someone comes to you and says, listen, I got to be honest. I I don't know that much about the car. I think it'll probably be good. Give it a shot. You're going to be like, dude, if you aren't confident in the car, a guy can come up and say, I can tell you all about all the specs. You know, it's got the, you know, uh, it's got this, this component and that component. It's got auto locking doors. You know, I, I like what car doesn't these days, but uh, uh, they can say these things and then be like, but is it for you? You know, honestly, I don't know. Maybe you got to make a decision. 
you're going to say, okay, well, thanks. Have a nice day. A guy can come up and say, best car ever. You will never drive a better car. And you're going to be like, why? Trust me. And you're thinking, look, I don't know about cars. I don't know about this transmission over that transmission. I just need someone who's going to give me that assurance. I know these guys can be smarmy liars, salesmen, but I'm going to go with the guy who's confident over the guy who's not. That's what it's going to be every day. So the real opportunity we had here with Ron DeSantis, which the ball has been dropped, maybe he can pick it back up, was to be like Trump with confidence and aggression policy, but with a smooth tact and vigor that he did not bring us. Sad. Vivek Ramaswamy may be that guy. Maybe. He is. He, I mean, when I look at Vivek, I see a guy who is hitting 10 out of 10 across the board. However, Vivek doesn't have that, that imposing figure. Nothing I can do about it. In all other areas, he's maxed out. So we'll see. We'll see. The question, I guess, in the end is, do they want Trump to win because he can't? I suppose only time will tell. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. There's no one story right now that leads me to this point. There is a dominant story that has me concerned about World War III, and that is the potential for Ukraine to join NATO. Now, of course, NATO countries said, well, you know, we don't know, maybe. Zelensky is furious over this, saying that they should be allowed in. One of the demands Vladimir Putin had before he invaded Ukraine was he wanted assurances that Ukraine would not join NATO. Instead, NATO, Western powers, started bringing in many more countries into the fold. Sweden, for instance. This has just pissed off Vladimir Putin, who's currently working with China. And boy, oh boy, does it really feel like we are heading towards World War III. Now, as much as the simple story may be that inducting Ukraine into NATO will kick off some big explosions, there's actually some bigger news which could lead to total chaos and something more substantial for you. And that is, my friends, the BRICS currency. Welcome to the future. BRICS gold-backed common currency, a shock to global fiat money system, says economist, as Russia confirms launch in August. BRICS dollars, backed by gold, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and perhaps containing a few other countries, including Saudi Arabia. They'll begin trading in a BRICS currency. The U.S. dollar will fall. And when that happens, my friends, I hope you are prepared to own nothing and be as happy as you can possibly be. Because perhaps... The big reason why these Western leaders have been trying so hard to make you own nothing and be happy is not because of climate change. It's not because they want you to eat bugs, but because they know there is nothing they can do to stop it. They have failed so utterly. The hope now is that when the BRICS currency takes over and the U.S. loses its only reason for wealth, military might and the forced petrodollar, your standard of living is going to drop so rapidly and dramatically. You're going to feel it. You'll own nothing. You won't be happy. But they're hoping if they convince you now, you will be. The real reason you're not living in a house, you're in a pod, is because you're environmentally conscious. You've taken it upon yourself to be a better person. Perhaps. Let's take a look at this story and figure out what's going on. 
MSN says the BRICS countries could soon launch a viable alternative to the U.S. dollar, Russia confirmed this week. Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, a coalition of nations known as BRICS, is set to introduce a new currency backed by gold, RT reported. An official announcement in this regard will be made at the Block Summit in Johannesburg, South Africa in August. With the growing initiative, more and more countries are lining up to join the group. Willem Middlekoop, a former journalist, tweeted that 41 countries have applied for BRICS memberships. Oh, man. There you go. It's official. BRICS planning to introduce new trading currency backed by gold at August summit. Gold standard will be a great benefit to strengthening single currency. 41 countries have applied for BRICS membership. That's right. The death of the petrodollar. Recently, I think it was the guy from BlackRock was encouraging people to buy Bitcoin. Maybe. I'm not going to tell you what to do or what not to do. I'm just going to tell you if this launches and 41 countries, that's a lot, including the BRICS nations and maybe even Saudi Arabia, if they start trading in a gold-backed currency supported by these nations, the U.S. is done. But do you think that U.S. forces, powers, Western powers will simply lie back and accept this? No. Which is why I think World War III is a real possibility. It's not just about joining NATO or something like that. It's not just some, oh, border dispute and people are fighting. It is the true and real threat to the livelihoods of people in power. They do not want to give up that power and they won't. Even if it means World War Three, even if it means you lose everything. Now, there's interesting questions around the philosophy of war, what the true, mo- uh, the true motivations are. Could it be that Western powers, seeing what China is expanding into and the power they're accruing, have decided we will not allow our world to be like communist China? Or is it something worse? Have our leaders been fractured with half subverted by the communist dream of being an authoritarian despot in control of everything, and the other half sticking true to the American vision, in which case Western powers are fractured and will likely soon collapse. Could it be the whims of tyrannical morons like the Biden family who just want to be rich and don't care how? And when they find out that the deals they cut are meaningless because those deals are in U.S. dollars and the U.S. dollar is going to be worthless soon, now they're angry. So what happens? Maybe then Biden sends cluster bombs to Ukraine. Let's talk about the escalation of hot conflict. Biden defends difficult decision to give Ukraine cluster bombs amid congressional pushback. It took me a while to be convinced to do it, the president said, of the controversial decision, which he described as a temporary measure. Temporary, really. President Joe Biden defended what he called his very difficult decision to provide cluster munitions to Ukraine in an interview that aired Sunday saying the war-torn country needed the controversial weapons to fight off invading Russian troops. It took me a while to be convinced to do it, but the main thing is they either have the weapons to stop the Russians now from there, keep them from stopping the Ukrainian offensive through these areas, or they don't. And I think they needed them. The administration's announcement Friday that it would be sending cluster munitions to Ukraine in a U.S. military aid package was met with pushback from some of Biden's fellow Democrats who noted the surface-to-surface warheads which disperse small munitions or bombs over wide areas, can explode after battle and sometimes injure or kill innocent people. Yeah, civilians. 
The weapons have been banned in more than 100 countries. And the White House suggested last year that Russia, Russia's use of the weapons in Ukraine was a potential war crime. This is where we are. You know, people seem to think it can't get that bad. It'll never get that bad. It won't escalate. The U.S. was arguing Russia using these weapons could be a war crime. And now Biden is saying we will do the same. This is the escalation. There's no way past it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I wonder, will it be Vladimir Putin firing a nuke? And the bigger question, I suppose, in the political space is, if war really does break out on a global scale, do you think there will be an election? Honest question. Or will they say we are invoking wartime emergency powers? I don't know. I feel like this country would fall apart in two seconds if there was no election. But changing a president mid-election? These are tough calls. Biden said the move was necessary now because the Ukrainian military is low on ammunition, emphasizing that it's a temporary measure. The Ukrainians are running out of ammunition. The ammunition that they used to call they used to call them 155 millimeter weapons. This is this is a war relating to munitions, and they're running out of those, the am, that ammunition, and we're low on it. And so what I finally did, I took the recommendation of the Defense Department to not permanently, but to allow for their use in this transitional period. Who do you think's winning? Recently, there was a video from the State Department spokesperson, I believe it was State Department, who said that the war has been a disaster for Ukraine. Someone then responded, a journalist, don't you mean Russia? And he goes, oh, yes, right, right. The war has been a disaster for Ukraine. I needed two corrections moving on. And they went, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. How did he say a disaster for Ukraine twice? Unless that's what he really meant. And the journalists sought to correct him. Isn't that, oh, I want to swear so bad, psychotic. Journalists listening to the words of a spokesperson saying this was bad for Ukraine. And they go, don't you really mean Russia? And he goes, oh, <laughs> this was bad for Ukraine. And they go, oh, no, no, you mean Russia? And he goes, oh, whoopsie. It's just an insane reality that someone can come out and tell you a thing. And then you as the person who doesn't know tells them. I want to stress that point again. If the head of a bank came out and said, Deposits are in trouble because we're low on funds. What position does a random person have to then go, you mean they're, the funds are good? And then the manager goes, uh, yes, the funds are good. What? You are here to listen to this man tell you what for, not for the journalist to report back to him what to say. Now, perhaps he misspoke fine. But it just goes to show you how insane things are getting. I think the reality is the war is going bad for Ukraine. And we, we hear these lies and manipulations because it's all propaganda. They need to boost morale. They need Ukrainians fighting on the front lines. So they say Russia's losing and Ukraine is winning. But I really don't know. I just know this propaganda. 
If the reality is Joe Biden was so desperate, he's sending cluster bombs to cluster munitions to Ukraine, despite the fact the U.S. said before the use was potentially a war crime. It shows you how truly desperate the U.S. has become in their support for Ukraine. This is the fascinating reality of war. War crimes, meaningless. The only thing that matters in war is winning. As the saying goes, all is fair in love and war, but I want you to consider this. Given the option to either lose the war or use banned munitions, what do you think a nation would do? So I've talked about Vladimir Putin using nuclear weapons if need be. And many people say, no, he would never do that. He'd be wiped off the planet. No, he wouldn't. If Vladimir Putin nukes Ukraine, ain't nobody going to sacrifice their European capital for Ukraine by firing back in retaliation at Russia. They may use nuclear weapons in Ukraine against Russian troops. That's possible. But take a look right now if you don't believe me. Don't believe me? You say, no, there's no way they'll use nukes. The United States argued against the use of cluster bombs. And now that Ukraine is running low on weapons and becoming desperate, the U.S. is saying, no, no, it's okay. We're allowed to do it. That's how it always goes. That's war. No one is going to sit back and say, I would save my own country if only it weren't a war crime. That's where we are. Joe Biden will gladly engage in war crimes if it means his agenda be fulfilled. In an interview with ABC's This Week, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's chief of staff, Andriy Yermak, said the weapons were crucial to his country's defense. We need it to win this war. While some Republicans have criticized Biden for sending the weapons, House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Michael McCall, Republican, said it was the right thing to do. Russia is dropping with impunity cluster bombs in Ukraine, the country of Ukraine, <clears throat> right now. All the Ukrainians and Zelensky are asking for is to give them the same weapons, blah, blah, blah. Give them, give them the same weapons. What happens when uh, Vladimir Putin drops a tactical nuke? What about nuclear artillery? Are we then going to provide those same weapons? Here we go, baby. Here we go. From the national interest, talk of NATO membership for Ukraine is a dangerous distraction. The debate over Ukrainian membership in the alliance sustains one of Russia's stated motivations for launching its war, undermines the cohesion of the alliance and pulls attention away from other high priority issues. Well, if Ukraine were to join NATO, World War Three will would have begun. In the lead up, they write to this week's NATO summit in Vilnius, there has been renewed debate about the strategic wisdom of offering Ukraine membership in NATO. Proponents of an accelerated path to membership rightly argue that Kiev deserves robust international support and its brave resistance to Russia's aggression. As such, they argue that Ukraine's efforts to defend its territory have earned it a place in NATO. I have had this debate with many people. They say that the U.S. has a treaty with Ukraine that should they give up their nuclear weapons, we will come to their defense if they're attacked. And so what did they do? They gave up their nuclear weapons and now they've been attacked. So one might say, well, then it's justified. U.S. involvement must happen. In fact, according to that treaty, we should be doing more, right? Here's the reality. Treaties like this are always a bad idea because you don't know who the enemy of Ukraine will be aligned with. You don't. So can this treaty really be held up? 
Can one generation promise the children of another? No, they can't. Ron Paul said it. But many have argued even still, if the U.S. does not uphold its treaties, what will that mean for all of the other treaties? They'd be worthless, perhaps. But to make a treaty such as this is insane because you don't know who you will be up against. Russia fires a nuke on Ukraine. China joins the fray. And now the U.S. is forced to defend Ukraine based on this treaty. What a terrible proposal. But this is where we are. Former U.S. Congressman Tom Malinowski recently argued that Ukraine should just be granted membership in NATO without any further delay, despite admitting that such a course could easily lead to the alliance becoming an active belligerent in the war. I think it's fair to say they are, but sure, this is where we are. They're going to say these debates are a waste of time. There are a myriad of practical, political, and strategic reasons why Ukraine will not be admitted to NATO. Worse than mere self-delusion, however, this performative de- debate diverts attention from the real and urgent imperative of ending the conflict. Why can't they join? Ukraine doesn't have the votes and it won't get them. Well, current NATO members are mostly universally sympathetic to Ukraine's plight and fully supportive of its efforts, they will not unanimously support its ascension to NATO. Perhaps it's all the, the, that really matters. They're not going to be allowed in. Zelensky's pissed off. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky on Tuesday denounced NATO negotiators for balking at offering Kiev a concrete path to joining NATO in a draft communique being hammered out an alliance summit. The alliance leaders are gathering in the Lithuanian capital for a two-day summit, and Ukraine's bid to join NATO is the most sensitive item on the agenda. In the latest draft summit communique, allies are now considering stating that we will be in a position to extend an invitation to Ukraine when allies agree and conditions are met according to a senior NATO diplomat and a person familiar with the talks who, like others, were granted anonymity to discuss internal negotiations. The language is not yet finalized. The draft seen by Kiev on Tuesday enraged Ukraine's leader. I don't care. I have had people sit across from me and justify us being involved in this war in Ukraine. I don't care about the Ukrainian territory. I don't care about the Donbass. I don't care about Crimea. I care about avoiding World War III. I care about the people. I know people there. I feel bad. Russia should not be invading. Long and complicated history in the region. The Bidens shouldn't have been involved in Burisma. No question, no issue. You can make all the political arguments you want in the world. They should not have been involved. But here we are. And now someone like me. What do I want to do? I don't know. Tend to my chickens. Live life, just like all the rest of you, are now facing down the prospect of nuclear annihilation. Why? Because of the Donbass region? How does that make sense? It doesn't. Many people have have likened this to World War II. Hitler's invasion of the Sudetenland, things like that. We are not Europe. We are not Ukraine. NATO has allies and strength, and Russia is not attacking a NATO nation. The idea that we would retroactively induct Ukraine into NATO is, a, is, a, is essentially a declaration of war on Russia. And then what will happen? Congress, who is supposed to declare war, won't. The U.S. will just say we must uphold our treaties and we're going to fund more bombs. What a psychotic reality. I am not so naive to think that there are not real fights and real challenges ahead. I am not so naive to think that we can simply ignore Russia and China. I totally get it. 
But if you're telling me that the solution to all of these problems is a potential World War Three, then what's the point anyway? If we're going to wipe ourselves out in nuclear annihilation, then we're better off just letting Russia have all of Ukraine. Here's your options. Russia keeps the entirety of Ukraine, east to west, the whole thing. Or nukes are launched around the world and the planet is left in a smoldering pit of ash. I'm not saying it's absolute that these are the things that will happen. I believe that if Russia takes Ukraine, conflict will likely slow down. I believe that he likely will stop at the Donbass because of the active conflict. He probably would have taken the entirety of Ukraine were it not for U.S. intervention. So, you know, of course, people are arguing that's a good thing. I don't care. I've been to Ukraine. It's a beautiful country with great people. But this is not the we are not we are not Ukraine. We do not give up our peace and safety and security because of some nation that is thousands of miles away. Many argued yes, but then Russia would be on the doorstep of NATO. NATO put us on the doorstep of Russia with Estonia and Latvia. You've got Kaliningrad up there. It was NATO that expanded into these territories to place NATO countries on the border of Russia. Why? Because if we didn't, Russia would invade them and then they'd be on our border. What's the difference? The U.S. decided we should encroach on territory up to Russia so that we'd be safer. All that did was incite Russia. So here we are. Yes, yes, perhaps you will own nothing and you will be happy. But it won't be because of some ideological mission. It will be because the BRICS nations and the war will destroy the global economy and you'll have no option. Get ready to eat bugs. Why? Because when war comes, you ain't getting the grains. Soldiers, they march on full bellies. That's what they say. They say wars are fought on the bellies of soldiers. Do you think you will be eating anything other than bugs if we go to war? All of the food we produce will be shifted to the war effort. It's going to be an interesting time indeed. Now, the news about Ukraine joining NATO may just be nonsense. A lot of people are pointing it out as if it's, it means NATO can uh, actually induct Ukraine or would actually induct Ukraine. I think the news we're getting is actually the subtle way for NATO to be like, we are not going to let you in. There's a great video by Vivek Ramaswamy. He's speaking at a town hall and he said he will end the war by giving concessions to Russia, by creating essentially what is similar to the North, to the Korean deal, an armistice and a barrier. And then he would demand of them they cease their military alliance with China. Bold offer. Maybe they take it. Maybe they won't. All that really matters is we are heading in this direction. And while we can talk and bicker about Bud Light or otherwise, this is the real news. But we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Bud Light. Man, if you would have told me a few months ago, this is where we would be in the Bud Light saga, I might not have believed you, but we're here now. Photos show Bud Light with Costco's 
Death Star amid plummeting sales. It is the asterisk that appears on a product to imply they will no longer be reordering this product. Furthermore, as you can see in the photograph of Bud Light for $14.97, the 97 cents is also a code. As it turns out, 99 cent, the back of the price, means full price. Zeros means discount, and 97 means get rid of it. Now, why they do that, presumably is for the staff there to understand what's going on with the product, not for the customer. But knowing the codes of Costco, you can actually save a lot of money. However, if you're a fan of Bud Light, and I'm assuming you are not, it won't matter. The asterisk means they are not going to be restocking the product. And this image has been seen by many people. Ladies and gentlemen, it would appear that Bud Light's done. I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. A recent poll from, I think it was YouGov, found that Bud Light doesn't even register in the top 10 brands when people think of beers anymore. Modelo, for the second consecutive month, is the top-selling beer owned by Constellation Brands in the United States. And here's the story. Photos shared on social media show that Bud Light has allegedly received Costco's so-called Star of Death, a small asterisk at the top right-hand corner of items price tags, which the retailer uses to signal a product will no longer be restocked once it's sold out. Images shared on Twitter show the price tags for Bud Light beer at different Costco stores, all marked with the Star of Death. It's unclear where the stores are located. One of the pictures shows the beer being sold at $14.97, practically giving away Bud Light. So let me break it down for you. Let me show you where we're at. Here's a story from October 2nd, 2022. What is the Costco Death Star and why should you know about it? Well, this is one of Costco's best kept secrets, apparently. And they say the Costco Death Star is the asterisk found in an item's price tag. If you ask about the Death Star to Costco employees, they may not be clued in. Facebook page Costco fans gave the asterisk this, this nickname to signal that the warehouse won't be reordering the item. In other words, the product has been discontinued at this location. Listen to that. Costco, one of the biggest stores, no longer selling Bud Light. Not in every location, in the locations where these images were taken, which is substantial nonetheless. They say, but it doesn't always mean the item is gone forever. Avid customer and core user Dimitri Vullis notes that some Death Star products are seasonal offerings that are usually brought back. Bud Light ain't a seasonal offering. Bud Light was for a long time a staple. And now it's gone. They go to mention the price tags. Take a look at this. This one was really fascinating to me. They say a Reddit post reveals the hidden meaning behind Costco pricing. For items that end in 99 cents, you can be sure you're paying the full retail price. A price that ends in 97 or 0 cents indicates a markdown to offload the inventory that's left. We recommend you take advantage of the deals when it comes to your household staples because they're bound to save you money. Okay, well, I don't think anyone's going to be buying this beer. Because it's not just this one photograph. I think I have it here from our, uh, our good friends over at Patriots.win. Yes, formerly the Donald. Someone posted this yesterday. Went to Costco today. Bud Light has the star of death on the price sign. An asterisk in the upper right corner means it will no longer be stocked. Boah, ha, 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 ha. Boah. I can't, I can't help but think of Hank Hill when I see that. This is interesting because... It's a different product, presumably. I think it's probably a different location. Let me uh, quadruple check. 
What does this one say? Price per can, 624, 120, 174, 1679. Is it, uh, I can't tell if it's a different location. I just don't know for sure. It may be. I'm assuming it is because we're seeing a bunch of this. People posting these images outright being like, it's it. That's done. Costco is offloading Bud Light. Wow. You guys, you won this one. Sound of Freedom cracked 40 million. I wouldn't be surprised if Sound of Freedom ends this this next this week. So Monday's numbers next Monday over a hundred million dollars. Forty million dollars so far. This is winning the culture war. It's crazy. I love this one. This is where we're at. Mark Wahlberg, Guy Fieri, Mel Gibson are all on Jack White's ish list for normalizing Donald Trump. Oh, you love to see it. It's pathetic. You're losing. And we all know it. That's what we're seeing with this story. Anybody who normalizes or treats this disgusting fascist racist con man piece of ish is also disgusting in my book, wrote the musician. Good for you, dude. Good for you. Good luck. Whatever. What is he playing? Is he playing an Acoustasonic? Did they mention the guitar that he's got? His ish list just got longer. That it? That's the best he could muster up. What year is it, bro? Is it 2014, 2015? Uh, well, 2015, 2016. Is this the best you have to offer? I think they're done. I think they're done. We're winning the culture war. And there are some people who try to argue, oh, I don't know about that. My attitude is this. If there are, let's say there's 50 states and 35 of them are controlled by the woke and 15 are controlled by the unwoke, but growing, that's called winning the war. You may not have all the territory, but you are gaining the territory, forcing retreats in every possible direction. That's called winning the war. Yo, I have this story from the Daily Mail. Are you sure? Bud Light is slammed again for latest tweet that says the best beer is an open beer. His backlash continues. I can't tell you how many commercials Bud Light has put out. I, I haven't talked about. How about the one where all the guys are grunting? I talked about that one, dude. Bud Light keeps trying to put out these commercials that fail every single time. The brand is dead. That's it. Sorry. Costco is dropping Bud Light. Bottling plants are being shut down. People are being laid off. This is crazier than I ever imagined. I thought Bud Light would eventually bounce back a little bit. I didn't think the, the boycott would be so big and fast. In fact, the first segment I did on this was just a 10 minute segment. And then it, it took off. People were really, really pissed off about what Bud Light did, and they still are. But now, you know, it's funny. Nobody cares. That's what I'm starting to hear. And it is the death knell for Bud Light. People are just now living in the world where Bud Light's already dead and they don't need to hear anymore. I've had people message me saying like, hey, man, look, the story's kind of done. We know Bud Light's over. Have a nice day. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. There's no recovering for Bud Light. There's no interest in their brand. Their stock is falling. The peripheral brands are failing. Get woke, go broke. And take a look at Sound of Freedom. Call out garbage, make money. Sound of Freedom's not even anti-woke. They keep putting out these commercials that are super cringe. Bud Light put out a commercial where it's a bunch of guys sitting in chairs going, oh, and whatever. And I'm like, dude, if the criticism of your beer is that it is the beer for the LGBT community, maybe you shouldn't make commercials where it's a bunch of men grunting 
if you get my drift. I think anybody who holds stock in Anheuser InBev should be suing them right now for a breach of their fiduciary duty. Because after the controversy started, Anheuser-Busch started sponsoring, they kept, I should say, sponsoring pride events and their stock started to drop. So they owe you money. They owe you money. It's a crazy world we live in, isn't it? Here we go. New York Post. Ex-Anheuser-Busch exec shocked by Bud Light's Dylan Mulvaney partnership was a mistake. This story from just today, just this morning. Of course it was a mistake. Anson Frerichs worked for the beer mark maker for nearly 11 years. Speaking to Fox Business on Monday, he said that while he's stunned by how much money the company has bled since Mulvaney's ill-fated post, blah, 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 blah. He argued chief executive Brendan Whitworth had three chances now to speak out. Most recently, leading up to July 4th, he wouldn't do it. You know, what's funny is I hear even from conservatives because this happened recently where they're like, it was just one commemorative can. No, that's the lie. They lie. These people are disgusting. They're, I can't stand them. I can't stand the liars. Lies. Dylan Mulvaney has a video holding a bunch of beers, Bud Lights, putting them down, cracking them open, drinking it, giggling in a bathtub with a post that says something about a Bud Light contest. That is not just a single commemorative beer. So no, man, let them let them go. It's crazy how the stories persist now three and a half months. He said it was a mistake and that they've lost more than $27 billion in market cap as a result of the Mulvaney campaign. Think about how amazing that is. Guys, I'm in a good mood, right? It's fine. It's fine. What is this? July 9th? Oh, man, another cringe ad. A woman is eating a watermelon. Let me let me let me pull this one up. We can play it. None of them. None of them go anywhere. Is this it? Is there any sound? I guess there's there's no sound on this one. That's it. It's fine. This is fine. A woman eating watermelon in a windstorm. What are they trying to say? Sorry, AB InBev, but Bud Light was forever damaged because of your brilliant marketing department. The ratio. Everyone's just making fun of Bud Light. What's this? The best way to drink a Bud Light. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> so this is a guy. He kicks a Bud Light can and then cracks open Coors Light and sprays them into his mouth. All right, man. Hey, that's your update. Costco dropping Bud Light. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Oh, boy. Oh, geez. Another one of these stories. I'm not surprised by any of this. It's not the first. It's not the last. And we're going to see a lot more of this as we move into the 2024 presidential election, as well as congressional elections. But ladies and gentlemen, my respect to Mesha Maynor, a state Democrat from Georgia who has defected to the GOP. 
Fox News reports Georgia Democrat defects to GOP after she says Dems crucified and abandoned her. Democrats have gotten away with using and abusing the black community. Marsh, uh, Mesha Maynor told Fox News Digital. It is uh, it's respectable because it's scary. The left will come after you and they will try to destroy you. But this is a brave woman who's standing by what she believes. Let's read what she has to say. They say a peach state lawmaker who angered her Democratic colleagues in the Georgia State House of Representatives over her support for a recent school choice bill is expected to announce she is officially switching parties. Mesha Maynard, a Democrat who has represented District 56 in the Georgia State House since January 2021, will announce shortly before noon Tuesday that she will switch her party registration to Republican. When I decided to stand up on behalf of disadvantaged children in support of school choice, my Democrat colleagues didn't stand by me. They crucified me. When I decided to stand up in support of safe communities and refused to support efforts to defund police, they didn't back me. They abandoned me. For far too long, the Democrat Party has gotten away with using and abusing the black community. For decades, the Democrat Party has received the support of more than 90% of the black community. And what do we have to show for it? I represent a solidly blue district in the city of Atlanta. This isn't a political decision for me. It's a moral one. Wow. Ma'am, is someone from Chicago, deep blue as they come, your words ring true and with great honor. Chicago has been ruled by Democrats for 100 years with nothing to show for it. There is no political comp uh, 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 competition. There is no reason for any Democrat to actually offer up any change because there is no competition. You see, the Republic Republicans will come out and they'll offer something different. And if people are interested in that, op in that option, then you will get a competition between ideas to get the job done. But because there was a monopoly on politics in Chicago, nothing ever changes because you can't vote for anyone else. Good luck. A Republican will never win, they say. And thus, nothing changes. So good for you, Mesha. Menor says, uh, I'm sorry, Menor made it clear that her work across party lines will continue after she switches parties, saying she has never hesitated to work across the aisle to deliver results for my community and the people I was elected to represent. And that won't change. Maynor said that she has been met with much encouragement and made her decision to switch parties and noted that it is humbling to be embraced for the first, first time in a long time by individuals who don't find fault in a black woman having a mind of her own and be willing to buck the party line. Asked whether she believes she will face pushback from Democrats, Maynor said the most dangerous thing to the Democrat Party is a black person with a mind of their own. So it wouldn't surprise me. Woo -hoo -hoo -hoo. Wow. Spicy. As for her priorities after switching parties, Maynard said she will continue to focus on education and expanding the Republican majority in the House. Education and the importance of school choice has been and will continue to be a key focus of mine. But outside of education, I look forward to working with my colleagues in the Georgia General Assembly to tackle the most pressing issues facing our state and to help grow the Republican Party, helping us not focus not just on preaching to the choir, but growing the congregation. In a video shared to social media in May, Maynard accused Democrats of turning against her for being a staunch school choice advocate. Quote, I support school choice, parent rights and opportunities for children to thrive, especially those that are marginalized and tend to fail in school. The Democrats at the Georgia, uh, Georgia State Capitol 
took a hard position and demand every Democrat vote against children and for the teachers union. I voted yes for parents and yes for children not failing schools. Maynard justified her position by noting that some schools in her district have 3% reading proficiency rates and that many kids cannot do simple math. I have a few colleagues upset with me to the point where they are giving away $1,000 checks to anyone that will run against me. I'm not apologizing because my colleagues don't like how I vote. Maynard also explained at the time that parents are upset that some politicians put the teachers union and donors out of their constituents. Maynard's speech took a personal turn when she accused her colleagues of being upset that she stood up for her principles. It's ironic. I'll say every election year I hear Black Lives Matter, but do they? I see every other minority being prioritized except black children living in poverty that can't read. Wow. Excellent, excellent speech, ma'am. We'll send $1 million to the border for immigrant services, but black communities, not even a shout out. I'm sorry, I don't agree with this. I'm not backing down. I'm actually just getting started. This is fascinating. Why would this woman feel the need to join the GOP? Let's talk politics, my friends. They say, I, I, I met a guy recently, we went to dinner. Shout out to Antrim 1844 in Maryland. Wow. Talk about an amazing dining experience. And uh, one of the guys there said, uh, you look like this guy who runs a conservative podcast. And I was like, well, I wouldn't call it conservative, but uh, I'm probably the guy who runs the podcast. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, you're Tim Pool, and nice to meet you. And I was like, really do appreciate it. Thanks, man. Um, here's why I want to address that. This is a Democrat who has Democrat values, who feels the need to join the GOP. Why? How does it make sense? And I've long thought about this. They say I'm a conservative or I'm right wing. What does that mean? Serious question. What does it mean to be right wing? You know, I have people who say that uh, I'm clearly a conservative because I refer to conservatives as, as we, which is just absolutely not true. I often call it the freedom faction, people who believe in life, liberty and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. But if that is what conservative is, then OK, fine, I guess. But therein lies the big problem. What makes you liberal or left? It is. It's simple. You have to be a cult adherent, nothing else. This is important, and I want you to hear this. In order to be a liberal, you need only bend the knee and be in the cult. That's it. The difference between liberal and conservative left and right in this country is, do you think for yourself or do you march in lockstep with the death cult? You think I'm kidding? I've had people say, oh, Tim says, because I disagree with him, I'm in a cult. No. I'm saying that because you can't disagree with the people around you, you're in a cult. Here's an example. Uh, my political position on abortion, traditional liberal, pro-choice. My position on taxes, traditional liberal, progressive tax. My position on uh, uh, many environmental issues, uh, climate change, liberal. Is climate change real? I believe it is. Yeah. I just think that the powers that be are likely lying to us to enact uh, uh, changes that benefit them. It would make no sense to advocate for climate change policies and then buy beachfront property, would it? What I mean to say is, yeah, I think we're polluting the, the, the environment in, in a very damaging way. I think humans are creating too many plastics. I believe we're burning too many fuels. I believe the earth is, in fact, overpopulated, if only in the densest of cities. Hey, sounds fairly liberal, I guess. Oh, Unfortunately, unfortunately, when it comes to issues of school choice, Democrats hold that position, at least they used to. Now you're you better fall in line and do as you're told or else you're conservative. 
Okay. War. Democrats used to be, uh, to a certain degree, anti-war. They'd march around saying, no war, and say, if we win, no war. And then something happened with Hillary Clinton. They all just went pro-war. Okay. So if I'm anti-war, pro-progressive tax, pro-choice, I'm right-wing. Jimmy Dore is right-wing. That's the game they play. All it means is, are you in the cult or not? So if you want to talk about economics, I probably lean left economically, not cult-wise. It means like I lean more towards, you know, uh, community institutions and things like that. But I think we need a strong free market. So I'm fairly centrist, slightly left-leaning in, in, in a certain way. But what, I, I wonder where we'll go if Democrats like this woman are being forced into the Republican Party. Are we going to have three political parties? The right-wing party, the centrist party, and the cult party? I don't know. What I can say is there is this effort to force moderates to be conservative when we're not. They're trying to play this game where they're like, you're supposed to be conservative because, you know, as you get older, you get more conservative, right? Instead, what's happening is conservatives are holding the line. Moderates are agreeing with conservatives because the left has gone insane. So the left says that anyone who's centrist, center left or moderate is now right wing. They're trying to make it so that moderate individuals are right wing so they can claim that far left is middle of the road. It's not working. Y'all are losing. Yeah. If I were to take the political compass test, I would land somewhere around traditional or social liberal. Yeah. So why lie? Why would the media lie? Because in their world, you are right wing so long as you disagree. Hmm. Congratulations to this uh, former Democrat. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. Harry Sisson, a Gen Z Democrat. He is angry because a producer for Alex Stein called his home phone number in order to extend an invite onto his show. Okay, let me start this segment by saying, my friend Harry, please calm down. It's a phone call. And uh, you are more than welcome to join us on the Culture War podcast to discuss your views in an open setting. And uh, we will pull up whatever sources you want and have that conversation. We would, would, uh, would really uh, look forward to, to hearing what a young Democrat has to say in a long form setting where we can get into the issues. Now let's break down the absurdity of this tweet. And uh, with that being said, Harry, my dude, come on, man. OK, take a look at this. He said, so a producer for Alex Stein, a far right lunatic who harassed AOC in the steps of Congress, just called my home phone number to book me on his podcast, WTF. My home phone, really? Privacy isn't respected, I guess. This is how low these folks will go. No, I'm not going on your damn show. All right. I just want to say something. My friend, Harry, how should someone get in touch with you if not to call your phone? I don't understand. Is it, is it because your home phone number, like a landline phone, is like your parents' house or something? Like a serious question. I'm not trying to be a dick. Like your parents have a phone on the wall and it rang and there's a guy saying, I'm looking to try and book uh, uh, Harry Sisson on the show. This is quite literally the only way we communicated 20 some hot years ago. So uh, when did I get my first cell phone? I think my first cell phone was 2004. It was a Nokia candy bar, dot matrix. It had snake, had snake on it, had other games. It had like a scientific calculator or whatever. But all it really did was a candy bar. You can make phone calls. And um, actually, was that my first one? I think, yeah, that was that was definitely my first phone. 
Before that, to get in touch with people, you had to call their home phones. Nothing else. This may come as a shock to many Gen Z people. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about, right? There's no other number to call. There's no business line. It's like, you want to talk to somebody, you call them at their house. They answer the phone and say, hey, what's up? Or there's actually this song about it called Spiderwebs by No Doubt, uh, where Gwen Stefani says that no matter who calls, I'm going to screen my phone calls. And that was a reference to your answering machine, letting your answering machine pick up the call. And it would be like, hi, you've missed me. Boop. And then someone would be like, hey, just call and leave a message. And then you pick up the phone and say, oh, Jim, it's you. Sorry, I didn't realize. Screening became a thing when answering machines came into play. But this is the craziest thing about the modern youthful left. I'm sorry, dude. You're welcome to come on this show. I really don't think they will. And I think it's because, Harry, I'm going to say this and I challenge you. I got a lot of people telling me not to have you on my show. You don't have to come on my show. You got 158,000 followers. Congratulations. Big on TikTok, 600K. Glad to see you on Twitter. I got a lot of people saying not to have you on my show. We shouldn't invite you because you're a bad faith actor who doesn't actually know anything about politics, that you work for a talent agency, which does receive funding circuitously through political uh, institutions or political interests, and that, in fact, you would simply come on the show just to manipulate and lie. That may be, but the invite is extended because I don't think those smears and those uh, the, the derisive statements about you represent who you would try to be. So if you aren't that person, by all means, come on the show, the culture we do at Friday mornings. We would love to have you on because we want to hear what you have to say about the Democratic Party and Joe Biden. But I'm going to tell you my thoughts. My thoughts are that you are likely a disingenuous actor. I genuinely, I genuinely think that. Um, I think there's a possibility you really do believe a lot of, a lot of these things, and it may be because of um, moral beliefs that you know are different from mine. Fair point. It may also be that you're just saying whatever it is you think you need to say to get traffic to make money. That's it. And so what I think is, here's my bet. My bet is that Harry will come out, if he even says anything at all, is that we're bad faith because that's the lie. No, we have people of all different backgrounds on our show, and we want to hear what you have to say. Now I'll tell you what I have to say about your generation and people like you. I think you're bad faith actors who don't know anything about history, haven't followed the current administration and the past administration. So you don't really know what it is you're supporting or what you're voting for. You want to vote for Joe Biden? Let's take a look at what this guy's tweeting about. He's got a picture of Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who is known to be crooked for a decade. I'm sorry, Harry, you were 10 years old. Maybe you didn't know this. Politico wrote a story about Biden Inc. and the shady deals that his family had engaged in. This is not modern talk of Victor Shokin and Burisma. This is a 10-year-old story about how Joe Biden was working deals that benefited his family as he was vice president. In fact, there was a whole Occupy Wall Street movement protesting Barack Obama and Joe Biden. But you were 10 years old, so I don't blame you for not knowing these things, which is why I think the conversation is important. But again, I got to be honest, I really don't think these people are honest. Case in point, Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sparks backlash from progressive activists over Biden endorsement because they are not honest people. AOC is a corporate shill, well on her way to being the next Nancy Pelosi. I mean, look, she already looks like she's aging, stressed out. I'm not saying that to call her names, to insult her appearance. I'm saying AOC in this photo looks relatively stressed out. She looks stressed with the job. I think she's going to be like the next Pelosi. 
She is going to be an angry, bitter old woman who enriches herself off the party. Don't believe me? She endorsed Joe Biden. Look at this. Shout out to our good friend, Jen Huger of the Young Turks. He said, this is a case study on how to give away your power. Progressive in Congress desperately need leadership and something that resembles a strategy. You know it. You know it. They do. Shout out to Jenk Uger for calling out AOC for endorsing Joe Biden. Let's see the responses. David McCullough says progressives manage power as effectively as they manage money. Very, very poorly. Kennedy 2024 says, I agree. New leadership is needed. Let's ditch the corporate Democrats and then crush Trump in the general election. I wouldn't mind RFK. Far from perfect. Very critical on guns and a typical Democrat kind of guy. But he's come around in the past couple of years and he's uh, saying better things. Does he deserve rehabilitation? Everybody does. Everybody deserves a chance to walk towards the light. If you discourage people from walking towards the light, then they never will. RFK has been saying some good stuff. I can respect. Is he my, is my, is he my first choice? Nope. But uh, I, I, I'd, I'd like to hear more from him. And I hope he wins the primary. He's better than Joe Biden. In fact, I think he probably could beat Donald Trump. I really, really do. Let's hear his stances. Uh, do we got any, uh, everybody's just basically making fun of, uh, progressives and it's mostly conservatives. So you get the point. This is where we're at right now with the young progressive movement. The most prominent figure, the most famous endorsing Joe Biden, the young guys endorsing Joe Biden. How deliciously pathetic. You've all been co-opted and corrupted. The Gen Z kids who would follow someone like Harry, you're marching in lockstep with the multinational billion dollar corporations in big pharma. How punk rock, bro. You're a stodgy suit wearing square, right? You are not the hip, cool, edgy leftist of yesteryear. You are the stock generic pro machine personality. Okay. You know, look, I know it's not uh, 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 conducive to actually having someone like him come on the show by saying these things. But I'm not here to mince words and play games in the, in the hope that someone would grace me with their appearance. I want to hear it straight from his mouth, how he could even begin to support the evil actions and behaviors of the current Democratic Party. Come on, Joe Biden. At the very least, you could be like RFK is better. Nope. They're machine candidates. What I mean by that is they march in lockstep with the multinational corporations like AOC. Hey, I can give a shout out to Cenk Uger, the Young Turks. And Anna Kasparian, at least they push back. Don't trust them all that much because I think they still pander to the left instead of just sticking true to their principles. If Cenk Uger remained who he was as of 2012 and kept with that, that, that the same ideology, he'd have been a conservative. He'd have been voting for Trump in 2020. Hands down. He used to be more of a Republican. He switched parties. But I've known the guy. Been on his show. And it seems to me like him and many others just said whatever they think they needed to say in order to maintain their audience. AOC wants to stay in power. She knows who pulls the strings. So she has bent the knee and said, Joe Biden, it is. How deliciously incredible is that? Where's the pushback? Where's standing up for the anti-establishment? Nope. AOC will be your stock generic corporate Democrat. And lo, she already is. So by all means, Democrats, if you want to be the machine, be the machine. Me, I'll vote for whoever I think is the right person to vote for. I'm a big fan of RFK right now, listening to more of what he has to say. Think he's a good dude. He's fit. 
There's a lot more about him that I respect than Donald Trump. But I feel like Donald Trump's going to fire a lot of people. But I, I, I will tell you right now, there's three candidates that I consider as being legitimate. And it is Trump, RFK, Vivek Ramaswamy. DeSantis ain't up there. He's faltering. He's got terrible people around him. And they are bitter, toxic people. RFK has positivity around him. He's come around on policies. I respect it in a lot of ways. And I'd love to see the Democratic Party be taken back by someone like him. So he may you, you may see uh, more support for good old RFK on my on, on, on my end. We'll see. I don't agree with him to, to a great extent on like a lot of the vaccine stuff. I don't. But I do want to see someone rip the reins back from the likes of Joe Biden. I'm not sure I'll ever vote for a Democrat ever again, though, because I don't trust the party. But I never voted for Republicans and eventually came around to that. So there's a possibility. I know a lot of people really do like what RFK Jr. has to say, and I'm interested in hearing more. I really do hope he bests Joe Biden. We'll see. We'll see. I'm thinking about it. I might want to I might want to vote for him in the primary. Vote Democrat for RFK because I think the Democratic Party needs some honesty and needs some anti-establishment power. Someone stronger than, say, the likes of Bernie Sanders. Maybe we can pull it back from the claws of the woke cult. But that is yet to be seen. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.